could tell when I was talking to Seth that, you know, uh, light bulbs are clicking on around his head. Uh, and then there's other guys that give you the deer in the headlight look. The series with, uh, uh, with Ric Flair, of course, uh, you- 1989? Yeah, you, I mean- Chicago. Yeah, but even the match I saw with you and him at the Meadowlands when uh, the war yeah. was the war was beginning, you know, between the uh, the two companies there, and Flair, fans got to see you and Flair for the first time uh, in person. I, mean, I think we went. I think we went sixty, didn't we? Yes, you did. And I remember my mother-in-law, who had never been to a live wrestling show at all, but I got some free tickets, and uh, they they she and uh, her husband decided to come in there and she always said to me when she saw that after that match i said what did you think she said those two guys were two sweaty gladiators it was wonderful <laughs> yeah yeah and it, it was wonderful and it was it was so believable yeah. because now the, the wrestling fan has changed these days because back in the day when i covered your matches and the uh uh, when you first started and uh, into the uh, times that you got into WWE, uh, the wrestling fan was a wrestling fan. It wasn't, oh, hey, this is all a show. It's a, it's a different fan these days. No, that's, you know, very clear that, you know, there were good guy, bad guys, baby right. faces and heels. Right. And, and the fans understood it that way. Mm -hmm. and I'm thinking um, in the 90s, there was a, a change uh to which the fans started hooraying some of the heels yes yes and uh me with flair uh, being uh you know one of those moments they would hooray but i later found out that once the news about our business was strictly entertainment and kayfabe and kayfabe was gone yeah that the fans uh started making adjustments with rooting for the heels solely because you know i know he plays the role of a bad guy but i like the way he entertains me mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean that 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 came about even before that change of fan attitude with the uh uh, one of the first people or teams I ever saw do that was the Road Warriors. There was, yeah. I mean, the fans absolutely loved that. But then, uh, then something happened with you know with the internet and everything, and ECW fans kind of changed the game. With a wrestler missed a move, you know, yelling out "You effed up, you effed up." It, it, it was yes. totally a totally a different fan. Uh, the fan that appreciated what you did. Uh, in your day, uh, are the are the classic older fans who still really want that to come back? Do you watch any of it anymore? I do not. Okay, so I I uh, I haven't watched a show. I don't know, ten years. So I was going to ask you that if you knew anything about the current guys, that if you had a if Ricky Steamboat was back as Ricky Steamboat, was there a match that you never had that you always wanted to have, but it never happened? Or maybe one of the current guys that you might have seen today that you would have liked to wrestle against? Well, I had my hand in helping uh, 
Seth Rollins, and I think he's a oh pretty good pretty good work worker. Yeah, I think um, I think he's an excellent wrestler, but technically yeah. and the way he uh, the way he performs. Yeah. Um, How were you instrumental in uh, in uh, working with him? Well, he was at the he was at when you know the the training school was in Tampa FCW. Yes. And um, he had been on the indie route for several years. Correct. And um, then he, you know, he got he got looked at, and then they brought, you know, and protocol is you got to, you know, we don't care how good of a worker you are, you're gonna have to go through the school. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might be here a month, you might be here a year, but you still have to go through the school. And um, yeah, I think he he might have been here for ten months or a year or something. Then he got called up to get a look uh, a look see, but uh, he was he was one of the guys that. Um, you could tell that when you were talking to him about psychology, basically all the guys knew how to do moves. Everybody knows how to do body slam suplexes and jumping off the top and, you know, all the different wrestling moves. But I found my, my role was to talk to them and tell them um, when you do this and why you do it and why it's better maybe to do this at the beginning of the match or maybe better to save it towards the end. Mm -hmm. You know, the, uh, the psychology, the reasons why we do things in, in the match that helps tell the story right. of the match. Right. And I could tell when I was talking to Seth that, you know, uh, light bulbs are clicking on around his head. Uh, and then there's other guys that give you the deer in the headlight look. Yes. You know, that you can see it in their face. You can see it in their eyes. They have no clue what you're talking about, yet they're looking at you nodding like this. Mm -hmm. But uh, I walk away saying that guy had not got a clue what, you know, what I was trying to say. And, and then and then when you watch him work in the ring at, at the school, it, it, it reflects that, it's, uh, you know. Mm -hmm.